This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host, Jerry and Tracy Pauly, and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode 126 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry and I'm fighting a cold. And I'm Tracy and too bad. Sorry about your luck. Yeah, okay then. <laughs> I know, you have really been struggling the last couple months. That's because I'm fat and out of shape, but I'm fixing that problem. We have, a, we have a treadmill now. We've got an elliptical machine. Got a bunch of exercise equipment for Christmas. So we're going to be fit in shape by the time these live events happen. Yes, we are. We have till April. Damn, that's not long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we gotta we got to get on the ball. I've lost um, six pounds this week already. Yeah. Since Wednesday. That's amazing, honey. I'm so proud of you. How much have you lost this week? I have lost, well, I haven't even been exercising really, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I lost four pounds, so that's good. If you burned calories by procrastinating, oh, you, I'd be, you would be a I'd rail. Be, I would be inside out. I would be so skinny. <laughs> it would be amazing. But anyway, hope you guys have been having a great weekend and time off. The New Year's coming up and... Looking forward to really great things happening. We are going to have an awesome 2019 on, on this end, and I hope everybody else does the same. We, uh, we've we put down some life goals. We've talked about some things that we want to accomplish, and then we've got some show goals that we want to accomplish. Part of those are the live events. We started today by going out and buying about $300 worth of speakers. Actually, speaker. Mm-hmm. One $300 speaker for the live events to be better. We're going to purchase another one here coming up so we're going to have a lot better sound system than what you've seen in the past uh there's not going to be any trouble hearing us that's for sure so it could my, be a bad thing that's what i was just going to say so my laughing will be just that much more annoying <laughs> and clearer <laughs> so we've got we've got our wireless um headsets that we'll start be able to start using so we're, we're going to make this an awesome setup am i going to have headset hair yes you are oh all right well it's worth it i guess so that, and like I said, you know, when you we figured the live shows we got at Bobby Mackey's, another Louisville show, um, the Haunted Restaurant, and Tour of the Sally House. After, I mean, my goodness, how cool is this year going to be? That's we're very lucky. And then we honest. get to we get to hook up with a lot of really good friends. Justin Rimmel again, the guys from Ohio, of course. All uh, of Dino you guys. From Twisted Philly, all you guys. We're, that's what we are most excited about is meeting you guys. Like, like. I can't even tell you. That's that's the best gift for us. Yeah, there's a couple of you guys that we talk to all the time that haven't made it at the live shows that are going to be coming to live shows this year, so we're kind of excited. Yeah. Woohoo. So, are we ready to jump into this? Hot dang, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, then. So, obviously, we want to thank all of our uh, military and civil servants all over the world, no matter who you represent. We Absolutely. thank you for your service. We do thank you for your service, and uh, we've actually have lost a couple of 
police, a Cali- police woman California lost policeman. one and Indiana lost yeah, one. Yeah, and man, what a what a tragedy. I think it happened on Christmas Day and oh man, my heart goes out to their families and stuff, but you know, I know just saying that we appreciate you protecting us and things sometimes it's, that's just not enough. But we love you guys and just love you. I mean, I don't know what to say. Just pray for pray for everybody that's out there and that they keep us safe. Sorry, I know I'm rambling again. All right. Oh, sorry, I fell asleep. I nodded off. <laughs> <laughs> we also want to mention uh, the suicide hotline here in the United States. That phone number is 1-800-273-8255. If you're more of a texter, 741-741. We um, have gotten a lot of extra messages, as you would expect, on uh holiday time mm-hmm. from people that just wanted to talk or reach out and uh, or had nice things to say about the service that we've offered by mentioning this i wouldn't say a service but we do mention it yeah uh, with that being said there's a a couple that started a foundation that i told them that we would kind of help them get the word out it's the semicolon foundation that's spelled out s-e-m-i-c-o-l-o-n and they help teens with suicide and depression Mm-hmm. It's a uh, nonprofit, so look them up. It's uh, the address, the web address is the semicolon foundation dot weebly w e e b l y dot com. But uh, look them up. Uh, Ty and his wife are doing uh, some fan. I think Ty and Anna mm-hmm. Rowley they're doing fantastic things over there. Yeah, so. thank you guys so much for that. We also want to say thank you guys for a couple of things. First of all, we hit three million downloads oh my gosh. this week. Which uh, something never would have ever dreamed happened yeah. <laughs> if we did this thing for twenty years. I know it. Wow, that yeah. was huge. And then uh, John Jocelyn, one of our moderators on our group, he put together a little project. I know Natasha and and Tim jumped in there too. Where it was called Project Mason, and we finally figured out what that was when we got a mason jar as a Christmas gift. Uh, it came a couple of days after Christmas, but. It was filled with little handwritten notes to where you guys had sent John messages. He hand wrote these things out and then folded them up and put them in this mason jar. So we had, I don't know how many of these oh, things man, in there. Oh, man, there were so many. Golly, what a great, great surprise that was. I mean, it I mean, it really touched me because I the, just people that took the time out to do that, it was like the best Christmas gift ever. Yeah, it was and pretty. We appreciate it so much, guys. We have it sitting on our um, mantle. mantle above the fireplace, and I'm just so proud of it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's one of the best gifts that, that we've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys for doing that, John. Thank you for getting that all together. We love you all so much. I just want to take a second and thank our show sponsor for this week, Policy Genius, because, look, life insurance is a very unfun topic. Most people don't like thinking about dying, and they definitely don't like thinking about insurance. Am I right? You're right. But having life insurance, guys, is a relief, man. It's peace of mind that that you can't even put a, a number on, to be honest with you. Because I know when I didn't have life insurance, I constantly felt like if something happened, that it was going to put you and the rest of the family in a bind. I mean, you have to be able to replace my income somehow, some way. I mean, when I sit back and think about how your life would be different if my income wasn't there and the struggles and everything you might have to do, I mean, I, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want it either. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you wouldn't. 
So here we got, we got Policy Genius. It's an easy way to get life insurance. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find the coverage you need at the price you can afford. So what you do is you're just going to apply online. You're going to get unbiased advisors at Policy Genius. They'll handle all the red tape, leaving you free to do the things you actually enjoy, like listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories. Oh, yeah. It's good, it's good too, to also have that pressure taken off, knowing that somebody else is taking care of it for you. Right. So they make life insurance easy, whether you're shopping for disability insurance or to protect your income, homeowner's insurance or auto insurance, they can help you get covered fast. That's really nice. All of like a one big bundle, maybe. <laughs> right. So if you've been intimidated or frustrated by insurance in the past, give Policy Genius a try. Just go to policygenius.com to get your quotes and apply in minutes. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Go ahead. We'll wait. <laughs> Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. All right. So, of course, we're going to do uh, Patreon and, and iTunes reviews because another banner week for iTunes reviews. I you know, guys are wow. awesome. Uh, we'll talk a little bit afterwards about uh, the shows and stuff we got going up because we... This is going to be kind of key if, if you're coming to the Louisville show and you're going to go to the Waverly Tour. Those tickets go on sale January 1st. Mm-hmm. And there's only 50 tickets for the 7 o'clock show, and, or the 7 o'clock tour, which is the one we're going to be on. Now, there will be a 9, uh, 9 or 9.30 tour also. Okay, good. Um, we probably won't do that again this year. I'm not going to do two of those in a row. It killed my feet last time. <laughs> Four and a half hours worth of touring. But... Uh, like I said, there's 55 seats available for the show that we're doing, but there's only 50 tickets available for the, for the tour. For the tour, and we're going to be buying two of them. So there'll be 48 people that can get in. Not everybody will come to the show and go to the tour. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get on that first one, you better jump on it January 1st because we sold out like really quick last year. Yeah, we did. And then, but you know, who knows? We might be able to con into doing a 9:30 if we get enough people interested. Yeah, absolutely. But. You'll have to get those tickets separately, but I just want to tell people because they will sell out quick that the 7 o'clock tour is the one we plan on doing, um, but they only have 50 seats available, so jump on that. All right. We have a story tonight that I found very interesting. It's not as much haunted stuff as it is um, legend stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but we're going to tie a couple of things together. We're uh, um, going to tie a haunted location that was built over top of maybe a ancient burial ground. You know, that never works out well. No. Then we're going to tie in the place being used by the Hellfire Club, which was an underground society that did some Satan worshiping and stuff. Okay. So all this gets tied in together. So no wonder this place is one of the most haunted locations in all of Ireland. Sounds awesome. All right. So today's story, like I said, is going to touch on all those things. We're going to focus on the Dublin Hellfire Club, but our side topic will be the Hellfire Club itself, which was kind of all over England and Ireland at the time. So the Hellfire Club, at least the Dublin version, is eight miles from Dublin. It sits on top of Montpelier Hill. Oh, yeah, it sits on top of a 5,000-year-old Neolithic tomb. What? Yeah, Neolithic, for those of you who don't know, is Stone Age. Yeah, that's really cool. So before we go any further, it's important to talk about who built the structure itself. William Connolly, he was a very wealthy attorney and politician in Ireland at the time. He was the Speaker of the Irish House of Commons, which was the most powerful position Mm -hmm. in politics at the time. Now, this went back to about 1715 is when he had that position. 
he got most of his money through real estate. Now, how this happened came to be is in the late 1600s, there was a uh, war called the Boeing War. It was kind of starting to come to an end at the time when, when he was really starting to, uh, as an attorney, starting to make a name for himself. Now, these, this Boeing War that I'm talking about, it was a war that was a, a religious war. It was Catholics and the Protestants against each other. Now, the Catholics ended up losing the war. And when they did, Connolly sold most of the state that they the Catholics had to forfeit. So he started making money hand over fist mm-hmm. by doing this. And he became literally the richest man in Ireland. So he used his money to build these awesome mansions. They were built for mainly the social elites and the politicians in Ireland. He called these places castle townhouses. As you can imagine, they were pretty awesome. Now, in 1725, he found a perfect spot for his next mansion. Only he wasn't going to use it for a mansion. It was going to be a very elaborate hunting lodge. Oh. It was on top of Mount Pillar. Now, that's what it was called back then. It's Mount Pillar now, but it was Mount Pillar back then. So, a little bit different in, in variation over the years. This place was beautiful. It overlooked the city of Dublin. Everything was perfect. There was one small problem, though. On the top of the hill was kind of already taken by that sacred Neolithic tomb we were talking about. So Connolly wanted to build his hunting lodge there, and he didn't really realize that the tomb was there. until oh, he, he didn't? No. There was a um, a cairn, cairn there, which is basically like a, what would equate today as a headstone. Mm-hmm. But it, what they would do is they would stack these huge stones or rocks and make a, you know, a tall... Uh, just a tall stack out of them, and that would mark that there was a tomb there. Oh. So I guess he saw that and probably either didn't it, know, didn't didn't care one way or the other. But what happened is once they started building the lodge, the construction people there, they came across the passage and the cairn. Here's where the problem starts. You see, Conley felt that the stones would be perfect for his new construction. Oh, he's going to use it? Yeah, he's going to use it. Oh, gosh. So he knocked this cairn down, and he took a bunch of the larger stones, and he basically re-implemented them into the lodge. Most think that the the cairn's destruction is what started all the paranormal history here. And the very first incident was right right after the place was built. It had a slate roof on it. Mm -hmm. This huge storm came by, and it blew the entire roof off. A big old slate? Big old slate roof. Dang, that must have been a daggone big wind. Some think that the storm did it because that's what storms do. Others think, though, that it was the work of the ancient pagan gods that were more or less mad because he disturbed the tomb. So, I know I'm trying not to interrupt you, but he did. So, the other people knew that that's what that was, right? Did they not warn him and tell him? No, they knew and they told him he just didn't care. Oh, he just went ahead and did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't know it when he started to, you know, yeah. when he picked the spot out. He didn't realize that's what's going on. But as they started digging out, you know, all their need for the house, mm-hmm. they ran across it. So they let him know, and he's like, hey, those stones would be perfect to use here. Oh, boy, he was so dumb. Yeah, that's a dumb care. thing to do. Well, and you're probably pretty close to him being kind of dumb because his answer to replacing the slate roof was he was going to do it in stone. And he used more stones from the cairn that was already knocked over to re- 
as part of the replacement for the roof. <laughs> and those stones are actually still intact today, along with all the paranormal stories. So if you went there today... Oh, the stones are still oh, there. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would oh, be yeah. cool. That goes... We'll never get to see it, though, but... You don't know that. Oddly enough, this beloved hunting lodge was barely used. In 1729, Connolly died. His family, in the coming years, rented it to the Hellfire Club. So let's talk a little bit about the Hellfire Club so you can see what we got into. The Hellfire Club was basically an underground society formed in the 18th century, and it consisted of people who were very high culture, high society, and most of them were politicians. Mm Mm-hmm. This was primarily in England and Ireland is where all this took place. Now, the club was had the motto of do what thy wilt. Now, you probably have heard that saying before because that's the same saying that Aleister Crowley mm-hmm. adapted for his book of the law was do as thy wilt. So the gentleman responsible for founding the uh, Hellfire Club was a, a, a man by the name of Richard Parsons. He was the first Earl of Rose, and he was the Grand Master of the Irish Freemasons. After six years of being a Grand Master there, he stepped down. He then inherited a small fortune from his grandmother, and he took off on trips to Europe and Egypt. Now, they say that while he was on these trips, he started becoming known as a sorcerer and a black magician. There's a rumor that when he was in Egypt that he came across some ancient Dionysian scrolls that were stolen from the Great Library of Alexandria. So when he came back to Ireland, he wrote a book based on the scrolls named Dionysus Rising. There are only two copies of that book left in the world today. Get out of here. So after he wrote the book, he formed the Secret Sect of the Dionysus. So you can see a pattern coming up here yeah i wonder where those two books are i don't know wow. that's a good question he later formed the hellfire club so what happened was the secret sect of the dionysus kind of died down a little bit and then he came up with this other one now the hellfire club was very true to the do as thy wilt model the hellfire club were supposedly not satan worshipers but they did embrace sin and immoral behavior mm-hmm I'm not going to say anything, but I'm just saying, for all the people that want to criticize me, this guy was a Freemason for six years, and then he starts these other clubs that were all about, you know, demon worship and sins, and Mm -hmm. just saying, not that that says anything, but just pointing that out. The thing about the Hellfire Club that was kind of cool for back in the time is men and women were equally admitted into the club. This club would mock Christianity... They would welcome orgies, black masses, and sacrifices. Yikes. Now, supposedly, all of this was just a way of poking fun of of Christian beliefs. They called themselves the demon, and even the leader dressed up in robes and uh, horns and called himself the king of hell. It sounds like fun. Sounds like a big Halloween party. Don't it, though? Sounds ridiculous. So, after about 10 years... The Hellfire Club just kind of, and this was all of them, just kind of started dying down a little bit. Then it kind of started back up, though. This time it wasn't so much mockery as more actual satanic worship complete with murder 
sacrifice, and even cannibalism within the walls of the former hunting lodge. Gosh. Technically, the cannibalism came, but well, we'll get into that. <laughs> it's also had a black cat as a mascot when it started back up. So they would drink a mixture of whiskey and melted butter. Ooh. That just sounds disgusting. Mm-hmm. They would also leave a chair open for the devil. So they always had that. Now, there's all kinds of stories stemming from this period of the Hellfire Club. So let's talk uh, about a visit from a mysterious stranger, because that seems to be the most important, or the, I would say the most common and famous story that's coming from there. So what you got is you got this stranger. He just happens to show up one night. The members were all playing poker inside the Hellfire Club. They invited the stranger in, let him play a little bit with him. So during the course of the evening, one of the members accidentally dropped a card on the floor. Mm-hmm. When he bent down to pick up the card, he looks under the table and he noticed something extremely strange. The stranger's feet were not feet at all, but cloven hooves. Oh my gosh. He raised up, he looked at the stranger. The stranger looked at him, and then suddenly he just disappeared in, the, in like a ball of flames. <gasps> How about that? All I know is if the real devil showed up at that place, all them people would pee their pants. They would pee their pants, and they'd be little wussies and wouldn't know what to do. That's what I think. I think they're all big and bad trying to be like that, and then the <laughs> devil shows up, and then they're like, <laughs> like that. Well, you can't leave a seat for him expect him not to show up occasionally. I mean, can you? what would you think they would do, seriously? I don't know. What do you think they would do? They would be like... I don't know. Whatever. So there was Play also, Monopoly. <laughs> Play Monopoly. There was also a fire in the club. And there are several different stories that are kind of tied to that as to what may or may not have happened. Now, one of the stories is that the Connollys refused to renew the lease to the uh, Hellfire Club. And the members set the place on fire just because they were pissed off. No way. Another maybe st- the devil did it. Maybe so. Another story, though, says that... The members set it on fire on purpose to give the place more of a hellish look. To just really kind of set the tone. And yet there's another story. This story involves a gentleman by the name of Thomas Whaley. And we'll talk more about him later. But he was a big time politician. Very anti-Catholic in his views. So the story says that he had one of the members were there. And he accidentally spilled a drink on his coat. Mm-hmm. So he set the guy on fire. To wait, the guy, the guy that's coat got spilled on, set the other guy on fire. Yes, for spilling a drink on him. And the guy ran through the place like you would think you would do on fire, and he basically caused the fire. And then a bunch of the other members that were there actually died during the blaze. Oh my gosh. Then you've got the black cat stories. There's a bunch of black cat stories. Supposedly, the members soaked that black cat that was one of their mascots in whiskey and set it on fire. Dude, I don't even want to hear that. And the cat, some say that they let the cat loose inside and that cat started to fire, similar to the guy. And the others say that they actually let him loose outside and he ran off. 
into the into the wild like that. Poor kitty cat. There's a lot of cat stories involved here. One involves a young man. He was a visitor to a local farmhouse, okay? Mm-hmm. He decided he wanted to go investigate what was going on at the club. The next morning, he was found dead. The farmer, who he was actually visiting, and a local priest, they kind of figured that he was murdered. So they wanted to go check out the club to investigate. When they get there, they find out that there's this huge feast that had been laid out uh probably from the night before, Mm -hmm. but something that had recently just been done. There was also a huge cat, a black cat, prowling around the room. This wasn't just any cat, though. First of all, the cat was huge, and the priest noticed that the cat's ears were shaped like horns. Well, that's weird. What's even weirder, I guess really not weird, but he actually had a small bottle of holy water on him. The cat? No, the priest. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That really would have been weird if the cat had it. (laughs) So he decides that the priest did that he was going to sprinkle this holy water on the cat. And Mm -hmm. when he did, the cat apparently like tore apart, like ripped apart. Oh. And this demon or whatever rushed out of its body. He rushes outside, the, the priest does. The farmer that had come with him was laying outside on the ground, and he had deep scratches on his face and his neck that had been made from claws. And the cat was nowhere to be seen. My goodness. Well, the ripped parts of the cat apparently were still inside, but Mm. I think it was in a cat. Then we got a non-cat story that involves a farmer who climbed up to Montpelier Hill. The members invited him into the club to kind of let him see what was going on during the night. They said the next morning that they found him, he was trembling and terrified. Legend says that he spent the rest of his life not only unable to speak, but he couldn't even remember his name. Oh, man. So then you got the reports of cannibalism we talked about. And a sacrifice that included a dwarf. Stop it. I don't know if it was, you know... Sleazy. No kid. Are you lying? Why would I lie about something like that? I take cannibalism and ritual sacrifices of dwarves very seriously. You know this about me. I think that was part of our wedding vows. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Why, my whole thing is like, why did the farmer even want to go in there? Surely he uh, should have known that something. He probably got it confused. He probably heard of the farmer in the dell and thought he said farmer in the hell. Oh. <laughs> That's terrible. All right, so let's go back to a little bit after after the fire. After the fire, the Hellfire Club, they moved just down the road to a place called Killikee Steward House. Now, by this point, the club's activity had really declined. It was kind of on its last legs. But in 1771, Thomas Whaley, the gentleman who mm-hmm. burned up the other guy because he, you know, God forbid, spilled some drink on his coat. He kind of, um, I guess, revived it. He renamed it the Holy Fathers, which, unlike the name, the unholy activities continued for another 30 years. What was it called? The Holy what? Fathers. Oh, okay. So, we talked about the possible cannibalism. Now, this story comes from the new location. 
this is what I said earlier. I said I said about within the walls of the, mm-hmm. the Dublin Hellfire Club, the confusion. So they got this new location where they moved after the fire. Some records, though, say that even though the after the fire they moved down to the new location, that they eventually moved back to the original Hellfire location. So when I say I'm not really sure where some of these things happened at, that's why. I mean, I thought you said it burnt down. There was a fire. It didn't burn down. Oh, okay. It's still standing today. Anyway, the story goes that a member of the club kidnapped a farmer's daughter. They sacrificed her and then ate her. How rude. And as you would expect, like the lodge, the steward's house is also believed to be haunted. Reports in both places claim to see an immense black cat with burning eyes. Now, its spirit is thought to have originated from one of the stories that we talked about earlier with the priest either doing the exorcism of the cat or the one with the cat being set on fire. So they think that maybe the spirit of one of those cats, or mm-hmm. if they, I don't know if it was the same cat, what the deal was. But they think that might be it. So let's jump to the 1960s, quite a, quite a bit of time after this. Workers were renovating a nearby house, and they were starting to experience some very unusual events. One of these events was the appearance of a large demonic black cat. So now we're talking, what, uh, 200 years later? Yeah. 250 years later. So Tom Massey was overseeing the steward's house at the time. He said that he had a locked door just swing open, and when it did, there stood a hideous black cat with blazing red eyes. He was an artist, just by chance, and he painted a portrait of the cat, and that portrait hung over the dining table of the steward's house for many years. I don't think it's there now, but it was. Mm -hmm. Other sightings include two nuns that are seen on the pathways of the original Hellfire Club. They're known as Blessed Margaret and Holy Mary, and they're thought to be nuns or women that were dressed as nuns that had taken part in the black masses. Up there at the Hellfire Club. Oh. Remember I told you men and women were create, were yeah. invited Eagles. equally. And then mm-hmm. there was all kinds of orgies and stuff like that going on. And they would constantly make fun of Christianity. So it wouldn't have been an unusual thing to see women dressed as nuns to poke fun. Shameful. In 1971, there was a plumber at the steward's house. He dug up a small skeleton. Which some claim is the body of a dwarf. That had been sacrificed there. Mm, That's so terrible. The steward's house was actually a restaurant back in uh, the 1990s. It closed its doors in 2001. And you can get a private tour if you call ahead. Because it's a private residence now. Oh, wait. The steward's club. The steward's house. It's a private residence now. Okay, okay. Now, the lodge up on Mount Pillar, the original Hillfire Club, it's just a big shell of itself, but you can go up there anytime you want and walk around and mm-hmm. look through it and all that. There's nothing to keep you from up there. It doesn't cost anything. It's just... Well, that's good. Part of the parks. So, I wonder, do you know how long after the first gentleman built it, he was able to be in it or before Well, it died? was it was built in 1725 and he died in 1729. So he was, it was only like 4 years from the time he built it Dang. to the time he died. Have you ever noticed that a lot in these stories like people just build the stuff and then they croak before they even get to enjoy it? Well, that's it? because 
back then, people died. I wonder why he died from, do you know? Death. Oh, that'll do it. No, I had I have no clue. Mm. So it, and eventually what ended up happening is, is like he died and then it got passed down to um, his family and then eventually they sold it and the the family who owned it owned it for years and years and years and then they ended up going bankrupt and when they went bankrupt the um, I don't know if it was the city or the state whatever the governing body was there they bought it and turned the area into like a park. I wonder like how much they National sold Park. it for. I have no idea. I'd like to know that because they said it was like. Well, they was in bankruptcy though, so well, they probably I got mean, a bargain on it. Well, I mean, not not that's not really what I was talking about. I meant when the first guy that built it. I mean, he was like a the wealthiest man. I mm-hmm. just wonder how much money he was worth. Oh, there's no tellings. I mean, back then it was probably a thousand bucks. Pretty sure it was more than that. Pretty sure it was more than that. That that's amazing how things just get handed down and go through the years and and it's still standing yeah it's a really cool looking place i know I, I can't wait to see pictures of that it's hard to believe that thing's still standing you know it wow so it's like it kind of makes you think about the story uh you know he puts the slate roof on there and supposedly the pagan gods or the devil blows the roof off then he replaces it with more stones from the place and it's still standing it's 300 like years Flintstones. later it's nothing like the Flintstones. And the Flintstones had slate and rocks. That's what their houses were built out of. That's <laughs> true. And again, we compare real life stories with cartoons. Well, I know, but... <clears throat> Was there a house in Mayberry built like this? Because um, somehow or another, there'll be an Andy Griffith no, reference. No, 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 no. Was Floyd the Barber at one time living in Ireland? Is that... No, he okay. weren't. He weren't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Sorry. I guess mm-hmm. let's jump real quick into the iTunes reviews. And then oh we're going to talk about shows after this because we do have some stuff. That I, I know, have. but wow. Again, second week in a row we had a butt ton of reviews and Patreons, and we cannot thank you guys enough. And I don't think a butt ton is an actual measurement, but I'm going to let you read these because I'm already struggling with your writing. Oh, I'm already like all scratchy voice. Okay. Uh, Apparently, you're struggling with Wonderful your Raz, Panda, which is Rach from Charlotte, Dude, it's Jim, Kayla, three, excuse me, Kayla, 7337, B Bracken, 14, 1224, 68 Me, which is Doxy Gal, K Gastelli, JMH Jr., FMMCJCGC, sorry, 1974, M. Dotson 6, Liz C. 127, SSGP, Tinkerbell Tex, hashtag 1, Kill Your Darlings, which updated his review that he now likes the theme song. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Yeah, I remember when he wrote that originally. He said he hated the theme song, and he almost turned it off before he even got through the song because it's just not his style of music. Right. And now he wrote back to say that he loves the the theme song, and then he even finds himself singing along sometimes. I know. So, yay. I'm glad it grew on you. And hope you're glad you're still hanging around with us. Um, so we had 15 new reviews, which was amazing. Uh, our Patreons are Jeffrey Vega, Nancy Smith, Anthony Ward, 
Elizabeth Bracken, Karina Stocker, Lisa Powell. I believe that's Stoker. No. And John Applegate. <laughs> it's S-T-O-K-E-R. No, it's C-K-E-R. I don't think so. Oh, well, if it's not Karina, it's Jerry's fault because it just is. We appreciate y'all's support so much. Um, I sound like a broken record. I understand this, and I ramble, and I know I do that too, but it's so overwhelming to see the love and support we have from you all. And I just feel like 2019, if it's anything like 2018, man, are we in for a great ride? I agree. I agree 100%. You guys make every day special. You do. You do. And it's just like, it's just overwhelming that, I don't know. I just, I, I'm still, I don't know. Since the start of this whole thing, I don't think I'm used to it yet. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just hard to imagine that we've come this far with the help of you all. And we just want you all to have a great, blessed new year. And keep hanging with us. All right, so let's talk about some of this stuff. Show-wise, I want to start off with the Atchison, Kansas show. Maria uh, Miller, who has been fantastic in opening the city up for us and, and scheduling stuff, I posted, and I'm going to try to go back and keep refining that and reposting. There's a bunch of activities that are now open to buy tickets and stuff for. There's haunted trolley rides. There is an actual Sally House investigation. There's only 20 spots available, and I know some of those have already been bought, so there's less than 20 available. And uh, that's like $65 a person, but it's a true investigation at Sally House. How many people can say they've actually had a chance to do that? No, I know. Then, uh, like I said, they've got um, the actual show there. They've got discount tickets at the Holiday Inn. Uh, they've got a, some rooms that are booked blocked off strictly for our listeners but all these things that walkthroughs if you don't if you can't do the investigation of sally house because it's a little pricey i do understand that they have a walkthrough if it's like 10 bucks mm -hmm. and you get to just walk through at your own pace and yeah so you can still go into the sally house uh even if you don't do the investigation and then some of us namely me tracy justin rimmel and some others are going to spend the night in the sally house how cool is that yeah. I don't know about that. I may become a, a cookie. I'll be the inside and you guys will be the outside. And we're going to be squished. <laughs> and you're going to protect me from the ghost. Because I don't know about all this. And then, like I said, the show itself is actually going to be inside one of the top ten haunted restaurants in the country. Mm-hmm. So That's it's, exciting. it's just going to be a paranormal weekend. Cemetery walks, all this stuff. But I'll repost the links to all those things because you guys – it's only open to us. Um, so these things, these all these events were put together just for you guys. Mm -hmm. So how cool is that? Very nice. And it's about half sold out already. Yep. Then you've got the Bobby Mackey's tour. It's half sold out already. That's going to be inside of Bobby Mackey's. It's on a Sunday. Uh, those tickets are available. You can go to our website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com, go to live shows. All the live shows are up there. Mm -hmm. That one's going to be so cool. Because the fact it's just inside Bobby Mackey's. I uh -huh. like that. Then you've got the Waverly Hill. We're going to do tour Waverly Hill. You've got to buy your tickets, like I said, from Waverly. Uh, but the actual show, that's about half sold out because we're going to have Bishop uh, Jim Long, James Long there. Uh -huh. And he's going to be doing, uh, he's an exorcist. And that's you. how many times you get to meet a real life exorcist. Yeah. 
No, he's he's a very nice man. Yep. Then you've and the, the guys from Ohio are going to be there, and the uh, husband and wife duo from uh, We Drink and We Know Things. I know. Will be there. I'm so excited. This is going to be great. The Houston show. I'm super excited yep. for. Very excited about that. So one. that show is in. Is that one in May? That one's in May, and it's going to be an awesome setup. We're going to have us. Twisted Philly, The Confessionals, and Sasquatch Chronicles. That is going to be a blowout show. Uh, so we got tickets available for that. But and then we got a bunch of other ones. We got the Mothman show coming up with History Goes Bump, and um, the guys from Ohio. That's going to be fun. That'll be in October. So you be. It getting... is always fun with those guys. Yeah. So, but all all the information and in, is all right on our website. Go to that. You can buy your tickets there. But uh, snatch them up because I, I, I can't believe we're not even to January 1st and most of those shows are about half sold out. Already. I know. That's amazing. So, Well, guys, thank you so much. We love you and we appreciate everything you do and we'll talk to you soon. Happy New Year.